another episode of Bits Over Broadway. Bits Over Broadway. We're finally together. <laughs> We're in the same room. Ooh, what a dream. I feel so blessed. It's um, blessed. It's iconic. It's uh, unafraid <laughs> it to is... reference or not reference. It's... <laughs> it is iconic to be in a room with other people. <laughs> it truly is. In this day and age, it is iconic. For me to interact with other people that aren't the person I live with, uh, incredible. It's literally star behavior. It is celebrity <laughs> behavior. I'm the Kardashians <laughs> when I do this, when I exactly. engage in socialization. Where is my TV show? <laughs> As I've been We have been begging for, for the decades. Um, okay, I don't have any biz, but I am just going to float this genius uh, movie idea that Mitch and I had the other day. We it. do our best work when we are feeling sort of dislocated at airports. Yes. Um, so from the hours of like... 6 a.m. to 7.30 a.m. Sure, just sure, sure. wandering LaGuardia. Yeah. Just a little bit out of our minds. Yeah, no, I always, I've always said that um, I am funny, like we're funniest when we're at our weakest. Oh, and I am fully at my weakest. I have oh, no, yeah. hu- like my humors are the most unbalanced <laughs> they could be when I am in between the FAO Schwartz and the MAC makeup. Yeah, oh my God, yes. In the LaGuardia, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah, like right before you get to that big fountain. Yeah, I've walked past the Shake Shack right. and I'm like, I've avoided that trigger, that sort of uh, temptation, if of you will. Um, but I still- You a stronger will than Christ. And, I, and I will say that gladly. you. <laughs> um, and I am bravely trekking onward and I'm just like feeling every yes. ounce of my body. Um, okay. So here's this great idea that we had. Okay. Um, we did walk past the Eli's essentials in the LaGuardia airport. Right. Um, where two children were laying on the floor, mm, no there. adult nearby. They were less than eight for sure. Of course. Um, just up under one of those wicker baskets full of sort of the shredded paper and like pirate's booty. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, they're just curled up on a coat together, just like laying Cute. together. I'm like, oh, incredible. Just the orphans of LaGuardia. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, which then turned into this bit about like, what if this was like the depression where you could just drop your, you got too many kids. Right. So you just leave them at the airport, which is now also functioning as an orphanage. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Natural extension. I'm in. Annie at the airport. Obviously. Holy shit. <laughs> so Ben Mitch is like bridge too far. I'm like, no, no, no. You just have to explain to people <laughs> that in this world, airports are also orphanages. orphanages. <laughs> and Daddy Warbucks adopts Annie on his way to like arms deal with the Saudis. Holy shit. Right. This is brilliant. Now this imagine- <laughs> should be this should be the sequel to Annie. Thank you. Not Annie Warbucks. I agree. Now imagine <laughs> Annie at the airport. <laughs> Airport Annie. Airport Annie. Airport Annie. Imagine it's a hard knock life, but on a tarmac. Holy the shit. Children climbing up ladders to wipe the windshields yeah. of the airplanes. I love this. It's very funny to me. It's extremely funny. It's Thank very Dickensian. <laughs> Just imagine all the ladder choreography you could do. And who doesn't love ladder choreo? Just a bunch of like small children with giant push brooms on a yeah. tarmac. You know what I mean? I'm obsessed. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Fund it. Please sign up for our Patreon. We're starting to go fund me yes. for airport. Annie. It's essentially, is it going to be like, is it one to one with Annie, but everything is just airport? Yeah, it's all airport <laughs> themed. I I love to do sort of a, you get your own private jet. Miss Hannigan is like a really mean stewardess. Okay, so 
Okay, that brings me to my next point, which is, don't you think airline attendants have gotten meaner since the pandemic has happened? Can you blame them? Though? I mean, I get it. They're on the front lines, but like they are mean now. Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> They're like always in my business. But like also like I fully like I will bow to you. Oh, I respect them. I deeply. respect you. I like, would lick their shoe if they told literally, me to. Literally like I, I feel like they have to be mean at this point. Yeah. They are literally like. Oh, you can tell they've been through the some worst shit. people on the planet. <laughs> they've been through some absolute fucking yeah. hell. And you can tell because they do not like you. No, and they will tell you to your face. <laughs> they will give you at a this point. Look. Because what are you going to do? You're stuck with them for two hours. You have nowhere else to go. They have the power. They have all you of have the power in the world. You have to be buckled in. They can do whatever they want. <laughs> exactly. It's uh, it's insane. It's upsetting. So that was my question. So I do think it's very important that yes. the orphans of Annie Airport, right, are Airport Annie, are not working the good job they're not tsa no they're not loading bags no. they're not directing plane traffic oh could you imagine the nightmare <laughs> they're too small they don't know left to right they're t- exactly <laughs> and also that's a good quality job yeah the jobs they're doing washing the airplanes right. changing out snacks sure uh mechanics as long as it's <laughs> when it's too small for the big hands you know what i mean they're getting in there the we're letting the orphanage we're letting the orphans do the mechanics <laughs> yeah. on yeah, the plane we are we are, little stuff you know like loose screw okay? oh sure <laughs> nothing crazy we're not letting them touch the computers oh well, thank god for that but my question was they don't what even is- know what a computer is <laughs> they're orphans they don't know <laughs> what does what does miss hannigan do like what is her job in the airport she I, like, again i think she's a mean stewardess she's like one of those okay. like the desk concierges because <laughs> those yes. people will fuck up they your life kill you. <laughs> literally yes. murder you yes miss hannigan works at the delta desk that's what i think <laughs> you're right 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. also just imagine the shots of when the airport closes, just orphans leaping over the Burger King counter and yes. then just the shot of t- 10 tiny little hands all clicking the soda machine. Like yes. they're all ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Don't you think that's... I just, yeah. I, just I can... I get, I, you endless. took me there. Like, Thank you. I'm getting the visual. <laughs> I'm seeing it in the mind's eye. I'm obsessed. And I just want to be clear that this week's musical is actually not Annie. <laughs> And actually nothing no, that we have been talking about has anything to do with this No, but I musical. just feel very passionately about this idea and I'm trying to spread the good news. I do absolutely <laughs> love it. I'm obsessed. I think we should talk only about Annie, Thank Airport you. Annie, for the rest of the podcast. Thank you. And please do tweet at us if you'd like to give us money for our production of Airport Annie. It's like when people reimagine Shakespeare. <laughs> Annie is our Shakespeare. Annie is our like modern day Shakespeare. So We've seen Annie been done so many ways. Right. Why can't we see it at an airport? And here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to break some barriers. Okay. And I'm going to give Daddy Warbucks some hair. <laughs> wow. I know. I know. But I think it could be done. Iconic. I think. Okay. But is it going to be, is it going to be like, like good hair or is it going to be like a very obviously bad toupee? I think it will be good hair because I don't think you can deal with the Saudis and mm. look mm-hmm. bad. Yeah. I got you. So he's not smuggling arms. No. Looking a mess. No, you can't. You simply can't. You have to look good. You that is must. that is a first impression job. <laughs> you need to put out your first impressions. Exactly. <laughs> Selling arms to You're dealing with people who have their own trained falcons that fly on planes with them. Like, exactly. You cannot fuck around. You can't mess with that. The margin of error here is none. N- nil. Zero. Minuscule. Like so. zero to one. So 
So this week's musical is <laughs> Memphis. Memphis. <laughs> <laughs> and I do think we need to dive in because I know that I did tell most of that airport annual story to avoid talking about this musical, sure. but we do need to talk about it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and I also was thinking, um, as I reflected on us breaking up falsettos into two parts. Yeah. That that is how we should do all musicals. Besides just don't have the brain power to think about two full. Two full shows at two once. Two full shows at once. Sorry. Yeah. Um, oh, spoiler sorry. alert. Little behind the scenes info for the readers. We are recording double headers. Yes. So. We're doing two shows in one day. Uh, which is sorry that the jokes will be the often. same. <laughs> and this one is really hard because the two musicals that we're talking about were written both by the same creative team. Mm-hmm. And I'm considering taking away their rights. <laughs> I'm thinking about it. It's very hard. It's going to be hard to like not compare the two yeah. for me, especially. Yeah. So we're going to do that. So sorry. sorry. <laughs> it just looks like you're going to have to listen to the next episode, too. <laughs> Yeah, and that's how we get them. <laughs> exactly. If you're only wa- if you're not watching Untucked, you're only getting half the story. <laughs> it's called learning how to retain readership. Okay, Connor, could you please hit us with some facts and figs? some figs. Memphis has music written by David Bryan with lyrics by David Bryan and Joe DiPietro with a book by Joe DiPietro. The uh, production history, uh, it started out of town tryouts in 2003 and um, did a bunch of different productions out of town like at La Jolla um, until 2009 and then they moved to Broadway in October of 2009 and ran until August of 2012 for a total of 1,165 performances. Uh, there was a uh, filmed version, uh, or not a filmed version. They did like they filmed the stage version, mm-hmm. and they had a theatrical release for that in April of 2011. Then uh, there was a U.S. tour from 2011 to 2013, and then it transferred to the West End for and ran from 2014 to 2015. The show was nominated for eight Tonys and won four, including Best Musical. It was nominated for seven Drama Desk Awards and won four, and uh, it was nominated for nine Olivier's and won two. And then um, just a small, short, very short synopsis. <laughs> uh, Memphis tells the story uh, loosely based on the life of DJ Dewey Phillips, who was one of the first white DJs to play black music in the 1950s. Yeah. Um, that is a very short synopsis for this yeah. two hour and 10 minute show. Yeah. It's, it's long. It's long. <laughs> you know how I feel about long musicals. So long. 90 minutes, no intermission. You guys, come on. <laughs> Keep it right and tight. Um, I, I will say, so did listen to the OBC. Yeah, I didn't. Also watched an hour of the Broadway HD filmed version yes. once again broadway hd please, please sponsor, sponsor us um <laughs> i already gave you money like to for the annual subscription <laughs> just like like i feel like i should just get that subscription for free now yeah you okay. can keep my money but yeah. like <laughs> going forward going forward i'd like for you to not take my money yeah that'd be great <gasps> thank you i feel like we should be able to write this off because it is technically a business expense right <laughs> Mm-hmm, yeah. We'll be talking to our accountant. Yeah. Our accountant is me on TurboTax. <laughs> <laughs> Just looking up the FAQ. Right. 
hmm, seems fine. Do you have the little spectacles when you do it? <laughs> yeah, I have my my uh, TurboTax glasses. There you go. <laughs> they help me see good. That's cute. Um. Okay. Oof. Oof. My goof. All right. I just need to get this out of the way. Yeah. Because Connor and I did spend quite a bit of time texting and talking about this. Oof. Um. I do beg of you all to watch the Broadway HD so that you understand even what we're talking about. And you don't even have to put in an hour's worth of time to no, understand. You just can like, watch 10 minutes. Watch the first couple of scenes mm-hmm. so um, you can understand the insane choices that the main character is making. I Now, the thing about acting is <laughs> no one is supposed to know that you're making choices. Right. Right? That's sort of the sleight of hand that actors are doing. Yeah. And this man said, no, no. <laughs> There'll be no subtlety today. They'll know in the back row yeah. that I'm making a capital C choice. It's like watching somebody plucked straight from their community theater and put on Broadway. It's it, this man went to Berkeley. Yeah. I mean, the Berkeley with two E's. I want to be very clear. Oh, okay. Well, then fuck that guy. <laughs> His accent is so bad, which is crazy because everyone's doing an accent because right. it is Memphis. It, yeah, exactly. Tennessee. But like everybody else sounds normal. Yeah. He, I, the way his cadence. It's and like, musical, but in an annoying way. Right. And he keeps like every <laughs> sentence ends like a question because he is always like doing this like weird scoop up. This up speak, but not the way we right. think of up speak. Not nah, nah, nah. It's. Not, not now. <laughs> yeah, he's like doing twangs at the yeah. end of every word. He's like, oh, no, I don't know about that. That is extremely that. <laughs> it's extremely that. What is the, what's the message you're communicating when you're giving this line? And, and it's so weird because like you meet his, you spend some like time between him and his mother. His mother does not speak like normal. that. Sounds like a normal, normal racist lady. Tennessean. <laughs> She sounds like a normal white supremacist. (laughs) (laughs) And then also the other thing that Huey, sorry, I want to be very clear. It's not Huey. It's Chad Kimball who is playing Huey. Uh, Yeah, 100%. The other choice he is making is to walk, and this is how I described it to Connor, like the picture of John Lennon wearing a jean jacket and a cowboy hat. Yeah. If that were walking, that's what Huey is doing on stage. It's really just weird to watch he is crotch first always Always. at a 45 degree angle knees consistently bent like he's trying to duck walk or do a limbo yes i was thinking it looks like he's trying to walk around like a low wall yeah (laughs) it's like trying to edge around just constantly (laughs) like my guy what are you doing it's like a drunk toddler (laughs) Who just discovered his own dick and he wants to show it to everybody. So uh, I would not trust this guy uh, as far as I could throw. No. Would not trust him one lick. Not at all. So I don't blame anyone. I'm on everyone else's side. Yeah, exactly. When he's like, trust me, I got this. (laughs) Yeah. If I, if that guy said that to me, I'd be like, this is a drunk and we shouldn't trust him. Don't give him a dollar. He is. (laughs) He will use that dollar (laughs) to buy drugs. (laughs) To buy more terrible walks. Um, he is really just, it's like the actor was like, oh, he's illiterate. I get it. He's had a part of his brain. 
that's what illiteracy is. Like he's not, it's the worst. I don't want to say he's acting like he has a mental handicap because it's not even that. It's like he's doing an impression of Sean Penn and I am Sam. It's so it's a, such a weird choice because I was reading about Dewey Phillips, yeah. like the actual person, and apparent, good, yeah, great. <laughs> apparently Dewey Phillips like would put on this like hayseed mm. hick personality for the radio, okay. but th- he wasn't like that all the time. Mm. And I feel like this actor just like was like, okay, yeah, that's it. This is the choice. This is it. It's like how Delilah acted really nice on yes. her radio show, but actually she was very mean and cold. Exactly. I assume. I, well, <laughs> we don't know. No one can be that nice all the time. Delilah. Delilah. Um, we're coming for you now. Uh, Which can we get a drop of Delilah? Thank you. <laughs> um, I was going to say, so going back to the whole like insane walk that this man does um if you don't if you've never like taken an acting class or anything like that there's like uh good for you first of all like (laughs) congrats you avoided the (laughs) bullet you dodged the bullet um but also there's this one um school of thought it's i think it's from chekhov where there's like three different characters you uh one who leads from the head leads from the chest and leads from the groin Interesting. And um, each is like where you put the energy in the character and that like determines different characteristics of like, like how this person enters a room or something like that. And I feel like he took leads from the groin and was like, literally, Mm -hmm. this is it, baby. Somehow the most horny walk for the least horny man I've ever seen. Literally. Like not an ounce of sexuality or sensuality oozing from him, but he is all pelvis. We see him like have a relationship with a woman. Woo, a woman. Yeah. Okay. Huey aside. Yeah. Everyone else is crushing it. Loved it. (laughs) Killing it. Everyone else is doing a great job. Yes. Outside of Huey. And I just keep wondering how they got through the very extensive process of getting a show to Broadway and no one was like, took him aside and said, hey man, you look nuts. (laughs) You're acting crazy, brother. Maybe he's like one of those Daniel Day Lewis. You know he's method. You know he was saying Yeah, you have to call me you have to call me Huey all the time. You know, he was like exclusively listening to 45s like, this is the music, brother. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Talked in that accent for at least a year. He had no friends by the end of this show. Exactly. I am certain of it. Exactly that. And it doesn't appear he worked again. So. <laughs> and that's the right choice. That's Thank the right you. choice. Thank you. Yes. Okay. He, the man got his Tony, Tony Nam and he walked away with nothing. But you know he what? did walk that's away. That's fine. And that's fine, I think. Yeah, and that's okay. So let's start. First song, we're right in the middle of yeah. this underground club. It's Beale Street, baby. Baby. Uh, Del Rey is singing, introducing us kind of to yes. the hip happenings let's go underground yes um so this takes place in the 50s the first act the first well because the show does a really interesting thing where like they yeet you through time they because there's like one point there's like one scene where basically nothing has changed and they're like yeah two years ago when i met you in that club and i'm like two years have passed Yes. And then, at the, and then, like later on in the at the end of the first or, or at the end of the show, uh-huh. when he has like lost everything and he's being a DJ again, 
and Felicia comes back to Memphis. Mm-hmm. She's like, it's been six years or something like that. And I'm like, <laughs> could I get a time card? Yeah, one. literally like one time card, please. Or like one, like two a big years clock. later <laughs> exactly. or something like that. Like, <laughs> I was just going to say a SpongeBob. Like, time I, is I passing. I need card. to know that time is passing. There was a, there's a scene in the first act where, um, uh, when Felicia takes her record to, to Huey's house and his mom smashes it, breaks it in half. Devastating. Devastating. And Huey, at that point, she's like, well, I haven't seen you for three or four days. And he's like, well, I've been doing my show. And somehow my brain interpreted that as also just based on the show that was happening in front of me. Like he'd only been there for four. His show was brand new. Like the beginning of that scene is his boss being like, you've only been on the air for four days. Right. Then she comes to his house and is like, I haven't seen you for four days. I'm like, Oh, okay. So this must be the same period of time. Yeah. He's like, come to the studio tomorrow. She comes to the studio tomorrow and someone makes a comment before she gets there of like, You've been doing this for two months. Right. Like, yes. Oh, wait, what is the time? It's, What's happening? The timeline of the show is this. murky at best. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Murky at best. Uh, it is extremely scant uh, <laughs> and they can basically just play with time as they will. Yes. Yes. So the first act sort of. It's supposed to. 50s I think ish. it's like 1951. Yeah, it they seems say. early 50s. Yeah. 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 Um. Very uh, segregation, extremely thriving. Extremely uh, even the radio stations are very segregated. The types of music that is played very segregated. Right. We don't play race music as right. sort of the line that we're getting thrown into at the white radio station. Mm-hmm. Um, there is an R and B like a blues hour, right? But it's like very. It's Bad. like not even blues. It's no. just more white music. Yes, <laughs> like yes. Perry Como. <laughs> Yes. And uh, Huey sort of breaks in. Now, why is he at the radio station again? He's just going door to door. Well, yeah, because like in the very first scene when Mm -hmm. he meets Felicia, he's like, I'm going to put you on the radio. Mm -hmm. Um, And everyone's like, (laughs) "Okay." (laughs) okay. And then he sells some records. Yeah. So at his like grocery or his like department store job, he like starts spinning records. As one does at the J.C. Penny. Well, I mean, you gotta. It's all about an experience. If you're not climbing into the DJ booth at Dillard's and spinning some records, I don't want to hear about your life. Except for like, <laughs> I don't know. If, what are they dropping at Famous Bar? Yeah, that's what I want to know. Um, I just I remember this one shopping experience that I had at the H and M in Times Square. I okay. had I was trying to kill time before a class at yeah. Broadway that's the Dance only Center. reason anyone goes to H and M. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, either that or like I needed or like, like a sweater. And yeah, it was cold. Yeah. It was cold. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, especially that H and M. Um, <laughs> yeah, you don't go in there by choice. No, that is that is worse. Full, that's a last that is option. fully like I. That's a gun to your head. Exactly. Sure. And I walked in, and there was literally. DJ play because <laughs> that it's, H&M is like three stories and yes. there was a DJ at the top where yes. the men's section I have was been in that H&M and experienced yeah. that hell and it's yes. a nightmare oh it's awful it's like why would you have this who wants this I don't want to listen to the music that is in a store just regular no I I regularly go into stores with my headphones yeah. on. We bring our own music places now. Yeah, exactly. I believe, and this is what I'm running for president on, that the workers should run the Pandora station for the stores that they're in. Agreed. And whatever they like, that's what you have to listen yeah, to. Yeah, I think that's better. 
you're there for 15 minutes. They're there for eight hours. Exactly. So, yeah. So then he is like, he gets fired from the department store because he was playing race music. And then he's like, okay, well, I'm going to go and try and get a job at a radio. And that's why he's at the radio Goes to one, befriends a janitor, as you do. Well, he knew the janitor from the club. That's right. Okay. Again, you know how I watch musicals. Yeah. Uh, I don't. So (laughs) loose at best. Okay. That's right. I was trying to put it all together. I'm like, how does he know this guy? But yes, that's right. From the club. Uh, And then he breaks in while the guy who was running the blues hour goes to the bathroom, locks himself in the in the booth and play some music and then everyone calls and is like keep playing that keep playing that incredible music. music really good yes so he gets hired as an intern hired he gets a, <laughs> gets to be there as an intern right and then they hire him on and again the timeline on that murky 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 yeah uh so there's lots of talk of he can't <laughs> play that music he is going to play that music, but everyone loves it. Right. And now the teens are obsessed with Huey. Yes. To the point where, now here's my question. Uh-huh. So he's supposed to read an ad for DuPont beer. This right. is where we find out he's illiterate. Correct. And the janitor reads it for him. He sort of memorizes, but not really. Right. Does this insane ad read. <laughs> what I loved was the just true to life of this is how the advertise. This is the copy. You yeah. must read it as written. Do not stray from the copy right uh he does stray and but he immediately he's rewarded. yeah he immediately starts tell, telling everybody that like it will make your hair grow back <laughs> and like all these insane things and then the grocer calls up the radio station yeah. and is like i've never had a swarm of kids just came in here buying beer I'm like now hold on a minute well yeah <laughs> when could you buy beer in the 1950s when you were 18? When I think did the so. drinking age change? Probably. When did I, we do that? I think the drink the drinking age used to be 18. A better time. Uh, truly. Because <laughs> I remember, I'm relatively sure that was like it changed in maybe the 60s or 70s. I just love the I just love the line, a swarm of kids came in here and bought all my beer. <laughs> Keep reading those ads. Um, at which point 1984. Holy shit. Okay. Illegal. <laughs> That was Reagan. That, you fucking know that was Reagan. Again, you know that was Nancy's ass. Oh, yeah. Nancy was like, these kids. <laughs> that was old dare ass Nancy. The um, throat goat. <laughs> of Hollywood Hills. <laughs> so, uh, uh, uh. Oh. I can't he, believe that was that. Recent. Recent. Yeah. Okay. I'm, this is, I'm. Crazy. We have to talk about this for the rest of the yeah, sorry for Memphis. Um, I need to learn everything about this. Um, the uh, Huey invents the phrase "hakadu." Haka, yeah, hakadu. 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 Everyone is bamboozled by the idea of a catchphrase. I guess this pre-reality Ex- TV. This yes. is before the Real Housewives, which like didn't know he, before drag. Yeah, extremely. You know. Like he basically was the original housewife. He was. He, he and was. Kyle Rogers owes him. Her life. Get Cal, Cal Richards. <laughs> Cal Rogers. There you go. <laughs> Cal Richards does owe him her life. That is so true. I've only watched five seasons of yeah, Beverly Hills. So. I'm expected to know these women's name. They look the same. Exactly. All, they are all the I same just person. know that Beverly Hills is basically the story of the Richards sisters. So. I, that is true. <laughs> I have been rewatching. I started on season two because I. Didn't, are, weren't you guys like. Season. Oh, yeah. I'm rewatching by myself. Okay. To be clear, I'm rewatching Atlanta with Mitch. Okay. I thought were, we are were you guys, also rewatching New York. I was going to say you guys were doing New York as well. Yeah, and then we moved on. We got caught up with New York, and then we started Atlanta, and 
Uh, I just missed the Beverly Hills girls. We're also current with oh, Salt Lake City. Right, right, right. And I just missed them because Salt Lake City girls, and I'm not afraid to say this, don't have the money. They they right. pretend to have money, but you don't have money like Adrian Maloof has money. No. Adrian Maloof don't. has more money than God. <laughs> you don't, they don't ball like the Beverly no. Hills girls no, no, ball. No, no. Like literally, and there's a, there's this whole thing where they're like, Adrian Maloof only owns like 20% of the company. And I'm like, that is, or like 5% of the company or something like that. And I'm That's like, more money than you'll ever have in your whole your, fucking sad little life. Exactly. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. who fucking cares? She, she is still richer than you. She has a whole spa in her house. Yeah. You'll never be. There are Malouf. parts of her house that we just never see because it is so big. And listen, I, I say this with all the love of my heart. I love Meredith Marks and I think she's a queen. She's from Salt Lake City. Okay. Meredith Marks will never have the money. No. That Adrian Maloof has. I'm like, I remember the very first episode of Beverly Hills I ever watched. And uh, there was a scene taking place in Lisa Vanderpump's closet. And I looked at that closet and I looked around our apartment and I was like, that closet has more equity than everything in our apartment. Thousand percent. One thousand percent. I... Sorry, we will talk about Memphis, but I do just need to recall this. I can't believe we've become one of those podcasts that only talks about housewives. I just don't even, at this point, who cares? Again, it is February. We are deep in the winter and we're feeling it. Um, They're planning, Lisa is planning Pandora's wedding. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. The wedding I remember planner. that season. Love of my life. Oh, Beverly my Hills God. Darling, she, 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 she really does say to that man, and I get this was probably. 10 years ago we're we're well into beverly hills right. now this is a this is old this yeah. is season two she's like mm, nothing more than a hundred thousand dollars and that man that that he didn't slap her across the face <laughs> extremely is a testament to his incredible willpower yeah. <laughs> he's like oh you're joking you are joking me you uh, must be joking a beverly now. <laughs> hills wedding for a hundred thousand dollars we don't you go ha- do less a, than half a mil you can't do a chicago wedding for less than a hundred thousand dollars are you crazy uh, it's insane. Bananas. Okay, sorry. Anyway. <laughs> I'm sure there's a reason we got onto because, the because Huckadoo. Huckadoo. <laughs> Why do I keep saying Huck? Huckadoo. Because I can't understand what, what Huey is saying, is saying at any point of time. Um, okay. Also, what we need to point out that we have talked about but didn't really specify is that Felicia. Felicia? Yes. Is Del Rey, the owner of the club's sister. Yes. And she wants to be a singer. Right. And she sings at the club and is trying to save up. To, to do so, a record. Yeah, to like make a record, essentially. Mm-hmm. And Huey obviously falls in love with her. Oh, of course. Immediately. She's incredibly talented and very beautiful. So true. And he says, okay, I'm going to put you on the radio. I'm going to make you a star, baby. Right. Uh, and he does. He does. He puts her on the radio and her, and he, well, so there's this whole thing where like, because again, murky timeline at best, we kind of know that the two of them are like getting together or like a lot. They're seeing each other and like, they're getting closer. And, uh, Huey tells his mom, he's like, there's this girl Mm -hmm. and he doesn't tell her that, um, the girl is black. Yeah. And then Felicia comes to the house and she has her first like 45 and she's like, I finally did it. I saved up enough money. This is the only one we have. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, Huey's mom puts two and two together and is like, this is the girl. Mm-hmm. And she's like, get out. And she smashes the record. Oh. So g- devastating. Devastating. I, this is the only one. This is the only one. The only one. And I was, I literally was like, <gasps> not the record. <laughs> no, <gasps> no. 
It's extremely the the um, snapping the tiara in half moment in yeah. Mean Girls. Oh, yeah. Um, but so he brings her to the studio and has her perform live. Choke. She didn't even warm up. No. Hateful, honestly. She just came in cold. And, and was incredible. amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. So good. So good. I do need to talk about the very, the second song that happens in this show. Yeah. Um, where... Is that music of my soul or yeah, something like that? Where Huey yeah. sits down at a piano and goes, Let me tell you about my grand wizard daddy who was so, Yikes. so, so racist. Wait. He's not a the- grand wizard, but he the, the lyrics are like, When I was growing up, my daddy told me three things. I gotta love my country and why should we with white and f- fuck black people. <laughs> like <laughs> legit, it's not how did I miss that? Several I was not there paying are attention. several lines in that song. <laughs> I several lines in that song where he's like but how that's what music of my soul is he's like how could people who make this music that i love so much that moves me so deeply be bad which like i get but also art knows no boundaries (laughs) just the whole song is very like i did not clock that at all i would think i was too busy tracking the movements of todrick hall in the background that's fair that's fair (laughs) I did listen to the OBC on a plane and I had nothing else to do. Of so course. I was really concentrating on the, I figured out that the way for yeah. me to absorb anything from a musical is just, just be locked in a box <laughs> where I cannot access the internet for a solid hour. So hour we're going to have half. to get our own plane. <laughs> we'll expense it. It's we'll fine. Expense it. We're going to write it off. Please it's contribute to our Patreon so we can buy a private jet so I can do my job. <laughs> I'm begging you. <laughs> the only way we can work it's the only way you're gonna get good content exactly, out of us exactly. or i will keep talking about the housewives i had no oh my god i had no <laughs> idea that was part of the song connor just knocked the absolute shit out of the mic <laughs> listen it's been a rough morning it's um, um i got home at four o'clock last night woo baby that's that new york city living hey man um anyway <laughs> uh i did enjoy I didn't enjoy the scene, but I thought that the juxtaposition of the scene where he proposes followed immediately by them getting attacked and beaten up was just really well done. I, I, for all of the murkiness of the timeline, for all of the insanity of Huey, the juxtaposition of that, I think the immediate consequences where she's like, you cannot. Right. You cannot be more. This is bigger than you. Right. Right. It's sort of that you cannot individually solve a systemic issue. Exactly. Um, that's what she is saying. Yeah. And he's like, no, 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 no. RIP to your grandma, but I'm built different. <laughs> literally. <laughs> like, like literally what he's saying. Yeah. And then like some white dudes with baseball bats show up and they're like, hello, JK. Hello, JK. <laughs> we are still going to kick the shit out of you because <laughs> yeah. you're dating a black woman. Yeah. We won't beat you up as bad. No. Like, you're going to get roughed up a little bit, but we're going to kick the ever living shit out of her because she surpassed, like she right. batted above her level. Yes. Right. She overstepped her boundary. Right. That we've drawn on, obviously, I, I don't think that. But, yeah, of course. Um, and so I, so then they, he, they get beaten up right outside the club. <laughs> yeah, he just much. carries her to the yeah. club, and which is interesting. But I guess can't call the ambulance because also he brings her down, and they make a comment yeah. like call her a, a colored ambulance and call an ambu- a white ambulance for Huey. I never in my life mm-hmm. like knew that the even the health systems were segregated. Yeah. 
Like I knew that like obviously everything else was, but I like mm-hmm. it never once crossed my mind that they would have two different ambulances. Yeah. That is insane. It's what the, like you have to wonder what the fuck yeah. was going on in people's brain. Like how deranged. Well, I mean, that we can is. just look around. That's true. We can just it look still on Twitter. Is living. It yeah. still is happening. It's just so much, so much insanity. I do remember reading, gosh, I don't remember where it happened, but I remember reading that uh, at some point there were two separate ambulance systems. Yeah. But still, both were still operated by white EMTs. Interesting. Um, until, but the health outcomes were obviously wildly different, much worse. Yeah, for, absolutely for people of color. And then they were like, you know what? What if we just took care of ourselves? Yeah. And what if we just stopped letting white people kill us? Not that they were let, but you know well, what I mean. I what mean, if we? What if we were the ones right, exactly. that were having that position and yeah. like health outcomes improved? overnight like an unbelievable amount you don't say truly wild to segregate but still like anyway racism really does a really a wild thing that exists and um no matter what anybody on any of these fucking school boards tells you america (laughs) is a racist country and we have a history of (laughs) systemic racism that is baked into the dna of this country true um Yiko. You can ban the books, but you can't change history, bitches. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. So he brings her into the club, and Del Rey is very mad, uh, right. rightfully so. And then I'm not going to get this name, and I should. Who is the guy who doesn't speak, but then starts singing? I'm going to find it. Gator. Gator. Yes, yes, yes. I had to remember because there's <laughs> in the second act. You, I wish you had watched it. Yeah. There's this insane moment when they're on the TV show and they have this guy dressed up as a gator because they're singing the gator song <gasps> and it's gator performing. Okay, let's take a quick break. I'm going to watch that. <laughs> we'll be right back. No. It's very funny. Um, I because I was watching it with friend of the pod and also my roommate stuff. And I was like, why the fuck is there a gator in this? And then they were like, it's the gator hour. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. okay. I get it. I'm with it. So he sings and brings peace and is like, actually, yeah. you shouldn't be so mad because he was just trying to help. Right. Okay. Okay. (laughs) That's what made you speak finally. Yeah. Okay. Uh anyway, so that's and that's the act break, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it is. Yeah. The the ambulance where she goes to the hospital, right? I think that song is the act break. Yes. So it says on wiki. Yeah. Yeah. I'm relatively sure it is. Reflections on Act One. Anything we missed? Um I think in terms of like Again, I hate to sit here and compare Diana and Memphis when we haven't even talked about Diana yet. Yeah. But um, the the comedy and the writing in this show is so much better. Yes. It's yeah. very apparent that the um, the duo uh, cares about this material. Yeah. Whereas like in Diana, you can tell they don't give a flying fuck. Mm-hmm. But like this, uh, and and I should have said David Bryan is uh, he's in Bon Jovi. Like he plays for Bon Jovi. He's <laughs> like a rock musician. This explains a lot. Yes, and about Diana. <laughs> <laughs> extremely right. And Joe De, uh, DePietro, um is he wrote like all shook up. So he 
is very connected with like this era of music. So mm-hmm. you can just like tell that they actually care about it. Mm-hmm. So the writing, the books uh, is so much is very good in my opinion compared to Diana <laughs> and um, the like comedy actually lands. They have some really good laugh lines in here. Yeah. Um, and that's like the, my main thing about the yeah. show that we haven't talked about so far. Sure. I think without getting too much into Diana, yeah. I do think that part of the difference for me is that they feel more removed Yes. They can see the forest for the trees on this material because they were both born, I think, 61 and 62. Okay. So they are infants as this is happening, whereas you and I were infants as Diana was happening. Yes. So to us, that feel, for me at least, and we'll get into it when we talk about Diana, that feels very removed to me, but they lived through it. Yes. Uh, Not that they didn't live through the 60s. They did, but they were small children. They were babies. Like they, They weren't cognizantly aware right. of the sociopolitical <laughs> happenings, yeah, exactly. right? Um, and so I think there is more of a remove. Yes. And they're able to sort of get out of the weeds of it a little bit. Yeah. They're less focused on hitting all of the, because what we don't have in Memphis is people talking. Um, it's not like we're doing scenes at the the Million Man March. Right. We're not doing uh, Selma here. Right. Do you there know is, what I mean? I, but they do, connect, they do give they you the it. wider context. They do. Like they talk about like the uh, the um, no interracial couples laws. Right. They, right. At one point he talks about Rosa Parks and like how like uh, like things are kind of try, or people mm-hmm. are trying to change things. Mm-hmm. But like again, like you said, we don't see them like at yeah. the march. It, or anything it like feels that. like it feels more true to life where people are yeah. talking about things that are happening in the news, yeah. things that are happening sort of around in their bubbles yes. versus we need to hit these six major milestones. Right. Do you know what I mean? Which I feel you know like I mean? can, uh, especially in like these like white saviory musicals like Hairspray, mm-hmm. it can real that's, can, those are like the mile markers that they're always trying to go for. Always. And I think where Diana falls yeah. trying to hit those mile markers, Memphis succeeds because it's not. Yeah. It's not trying to take everything we know about the civil rights movement to take everything we know about Jim Crow and segregation and go, we're going to address all of it. Yeah. We're going to, you know, there could they have done an even better job? Sure. There's lots of pieces and parts that I, that I could say, yeah, we don't need this or we could add this, but I think on the whole, it does a better job of sort of, grabbing what it needs to grab for context, like you said, and sort of talking about, you know, obviously this is about an interracial couple and that's an important, that's a huge part of the storyline, but the difference is they're not going, Oh my God, love versus the United States. Like incredible. We're at this, we're, we're going to play this as we go to the Supreme court and fight for, you know what I mean? It just feels less. I feel you. Um, they're tr- they're not trying to do the Forrest Gump thing. Yes, <laughs> where they were 100%. at, and, you know. <laughs> yeah, and it goes back to like what we've talked about with like falsettos and Tick Tick Boom, where mm-hmm. it's like they like you're aware of the wider world, yes. but it's telling a more individualized story. Yes, and I think they've done a really good job in yeah. that sense yeah. for sure. Not that we're done; we still have the whole back half to talk about. Extremely. But um, let's take a quick break, and we will be right back. So act 
too. Hold yeah. on. My phone has gone dark. Uh, did not respect that we were back from the break. Time has passed is the start of the Wikipedia entry for Act 2. And sure, you could say that about any point in this musical. Absolutely. Time, time has passed. An indeterminate amount of which has passed. <laughs> exactly that. Right. But yeah, like it goes right from the beating to Huey's on TV. We're successful. Yeah. Oh, how? Okay. What? Okay. There is this one the what one where did you learn? where he buys his mom the house or is that in the mm, first act? Great cue. I think but like there's there's a really interesting thing that happens with the set that I like. Like for the most part the set like stays pretty like the like the brick walls yeah. and like the the like uh dirty glass windows and that kind of thing. But as they like get more and more successful, the set kind of like gets like brighter mm. like it stays it's very dingy and like mm -hmm. worn down in the beginning and then like you see it like kind of get a little more upscale as the success okay comes along. i love that as yeah. i said i only watched the first act well. so <laughs> did not see the second but i did well, i can't believe we didn't talk about the set at all yeah i think it's a really cool set that i do, they do some really interesting the pillars with. like turning around and being mm -hmm. phone booths was really interesting i love yes, that i loved the uh when he first plays the record yes and the guys are up top yeah. in like a little wreck i thought that was so that was cool. so clever yeah they, the staging on this yeah. is really really cool i really really so like much it. cut twos yeah and that they're able to make happen really quickly yes. because of how smartly they're using the set yeah really enjoyed it and i really like um the lighting is really nice because even though everything looks really dingy and like run down, mm -hmm. it still feels very warm and like homey, yes. which is cool. And yeah. I think I, I think that is because they're using a lot of like warm tones yes. with the lighting and everything like that. And mm -hmm. it's 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 a really excellent like staging design. and design yeah. that they did for really the show. Really pretty, beautiful yeah. to look at for sure. Yeah, beautiful gowns, beautiful gowns, beautiful gowns. <laughs> uh, okay, so. Yeah, Huey's on TV now. He has a new show, a rock and roll variety show, featuring yes. all black dancers. All black dancers. For now. Bum, bum, bum. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, he wants Felicia to be his first guest, but she's like, if I am on your show, they will know we are in love. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Which she's... is very funny to me. <laughs> right. That is. I love that that's the two, the putting two and two together is yeah. she's on the TV. They're fucking they're, they're together. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. Um, that feels very like someone being in the closet who's like not in the closet. They're just not out to their community. Yeah. And they're like, if someone sees me next to you, they will know we are in love. Extremely, extremely that. <laughs> like, I have been there. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, when we go in that room, we will yeah. be on opposite ends of the room. If you are not as far away from me as you physically possibly could be, exactly. they will know we've seen each other naked. Exactly. <laughs> like, So Bobby, the janitor, yes. is now going to fill in. He's not no longer a janitor. No. Uh, yeah, no. I think he's like actually he's like on the show. Yes. Even before they're like, hey you're going to sing. He's like part of the cast. Part of it. Yeah. yeah. Part of the ensemble. And then kind of hits it big, right? Yeah. Filling in for Felicia is sort of his yes. star turn. Yeah. And brings the house down and uh, everybody is into it. Yeah. Um, But even though she's not on the show, Felicia is still popular in Memphis. Right. People in Memphis know who she is. She's, yeah. She's got some star power. She's got some clout. Absolutely. In Memphis. Um, 
So there's some talk about going to New York. Yes. Because now, which happens first? Is it that they can be together in New York or that a talent agent from New York is looking at them? That they can be together. And I think the way that it's kind of like implied is that Felicia is saying that we can be together in New York um, because there's a talent agent who's like, come to New York, mm, come to Brazil. Like, got it. Come to Brazil. Please, Felicia, come to Brazil. <laughs> Brazil loves you. Brazil loves you. Um, but it's very, it's like, I think it's, it's like, she's trying to basically like trick him. Like, yeah. Like, you know, putting pills and some meat to give to the dog. <laughs> it's just like when you have to give a dog a hot dog <laughs> full of pills. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You know, once again, we would love to write a Broadway <laughs> show. We're very good. We're very thoughtful. We're very, very talented. <laughs> if you know how to write music, please email us. <laughs> Someone, anyone. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> sneaky. What would our musical be about? Sneaky. How to how to trick a dog in ten days? <laughs> in ten, how to trick a dog in ten days? If it takes you ten days to trick a dog. We got bigger problems, brother. <laughs> uh, so so she's like, we don't have to sneak around if we go live in New York. Right. Uh, and he's like, mm, I'm pretty sure it'll be fine here. Brother. Guy, you just ended the first act getting beat to right. death with a baseball bat. And this is the thing is that like he doesn't. And but I do like this choice um, in that he doesn't believe that there are consequences which is Despite weird having lived through the consequences. lived through consequences and like he it's again going back to that whole thing like ripped your grandma but i'm built different mm-hmm. he thinks that his st- like star power and his fame will mm-hmm. save them and mm-hmm. it won't one because being famous in memphis is not no the cachet of being famous right writ large but also uh you still are a minority even right. when you have clout like, right she says, um, you probably didn't get this because you didn't finish the second yeah. act, but she there's a certain point is unbearable to watch where he says, when did I become blacker than you to Felicia? Goo. When he said that line, I <laughs> yelled, no, no, you can't say that. <laughs> um, but they like she immediately comes back and she's like, you can walk around and you will always be white. I can never take what I am off. Mm -hmm. And like says like, you don't, you have the choice to go out there and like not be part of this and interact with our culture and and interact with the culture and not like have to face the consequences. And she's like, I cannot do that. Yeah. It's very much. So like they have that conversation of her saying like, you can play like being black all you want, but Mm -hmm. it's, never going to be the same. Yeah. I will say, I think, uh, cause Connor and I've been talking about this off mic and sort of through texting the, I did want to listen to the OBC and watch and just sort of ran out of time. But I think we, you lose something yeah. in, uh, as Connor said, as you said, there, there's really no, there's not a lot of story yeah, in the songs. Not. It's a lot of performances, which mm-hmm. is great. Um, I think I think that they, that is also the difference. I think that is also a difference between Memphis and Diana. 100%. To Memphis's benefit. Yes. 
but it makes it means that listening to the OBC, you're missing a lot. Oh, you're 100%. not getting a lot of the story yeah. to go- going with it. Uh, so, yeah, I did miss a lot in the back half that mm-hmm. I kind of wish um, that I remembered for lines like that, you know, where, sh- the, where they're really diving in and sort of exploring the his his. It's so funny how being white just permeates your whole life where he has literally experienced consequences and still is like, but maybe not though. Right. Maybe this time I'll get, I'll be lucky. Right. Maybe this time I'll win. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And I think it's, and again, I think we kind of talked about this in the first half, but Mm -hmm. he doesn't suffer the consequences the way that Felicia does. No, not at all. Like, it is implied at the end of the first act that she is unconscious. She, he is carrying her in. She is not, she is much worse off than he is. Yes. And again, that is white privilege. Like you get yeah. beat up, but you don't get beat as bad. As, yeah. You don't get you beat don't, to death. Like put into a coma. Right. Exactly. Like, and I think it's, I think it's a little that Obama era politic yeah. of glossing over that. Yes. We're not, how surely that would change one would think if i if if i was in a relationship where an an immutable fact about me was causing me to be beaten yeah uh because of my relationship with my partner and then my partner continued to try and pursue that relation like how how do you continue to have a relationship with that person yeah. when they are blatantly doing i mean 2 years out from that and he's still doing this right we can be together in Memphis shit. Like, right. I don't understand. And the entire, like, second act is basically him refusing to listen to her, mm-hmm. where she's saying, this can't happen here. Yeah. yeah. And he refuses to listen to her to believe it at all. And and I think that he does experience the ultimate consequence of that, yeah. which is that she leaves, which is the right choice. 100%. I guess my question is just, how do you continue, like, how do you not leave? For, for me, he's not learning a lesson. And yeah. He's he is actively putting her life in danger. We we know right. that because we saw that consequence in the first act. Right. We know that every time he does this shit, it's not a funny game. It's not like, right. oh, she's going to get called a name or the mom's going to smash her record. Mm-hmm. This is her life that is at risk and he keeps doing it. Yeah. And so for me, that's the frustration of like, I, I'm not buying it at this point. It's, okay. it's too... Well, one, and also I don't find him likable at all. So well. like, how could you be in love with this little goblin? <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't buy it. But that's not that that's not me trying to like victim blame or anything no, like that. No. Not not because I don't think what they're doing. I don't think it's an abusive relationship. No, not at all. But it is a relationship that I'm like, what are you getting out of this? Yeah. Because he seems to just be inconsistent. So selfish. Yeah. So selfish towards you in a way that is harmful. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) If not directly, indirectly. Yeah, because I think it it is sort of implied that the only reason he wants to stay in Memphis is because he has all this fame. Yeah. And doesn't, you know, he's a big fish in a little pond. Right, exactly. And maybe that is like what they're trying to say is that like fame has blinded him Mm -hmm. essentially. And you, I guess you can make that kind of argument. Um, And maybe it is sort of a unintentionally a uh, exploration of white privilege. I was just, I, as you were saying that, that thought popped into my head that I don't know how intentional it is, right. but it is a very good encapsulation of, I don't see color. Exactly. And since I don't see it, then I, 
the blinders of I don't see color means I don't see the problems that right. people of color experience exactly. because I don't have a problem with you. Right. So I don't understand why anyone else like you are literally just cutting off your peripheral. Exactly. There. And it, whether or not they intended to explore that, right. they're doing a really they, it is a, it's a well-drawn portrait of that. Absolutely. And again, that may have been intentional or may have not, may been. not have been Um, because, I mean, we were sort like there. Yes and no. Right. Like back then we weren't really talking about like privilege as a concept Mm-mm. in the wider like. Right. Uh, social. No, I would like, say outside of academia, outside yeah. of. Yeah. I wouldn't I, say that term came into until like, at 12, at least maybe, Ferguson. 2012, 2014. Yeah. yeah. I would say 12 or 14 probably. Yeah. But I mean, we could literally look at the Google right, trends of true. that. But I think, yeah, I, I think they're, they draw it really well. And I do yeah. think it's a really good, actually, sort of avatar for, as we've been talking about, Obama era politics, yeah. racial politics of this person who is so convinced of their own self-righteousness yes. and of the the cause that they're working towards mm-hmm. in this sense being like uh bringing music to a to a populace to change their opinion right. on the people who create that music that it blinds them to the consequences of that action like there could be no what's the downside of me bringing you fame right uh i get famous you get famous and then we can be together and yeah. then we're happy like that's just not realistic but no. I don't know that they're – I guess when I say that I'm not sure if they're critiquing it, what I mean is I don't know if they're critiquing a that genre of person right. versus this character that they have specifically drawn. Yes. Does that make sense? No, I yeah, think I they're critiquing you. Huey. I don't think oh, they yeah, see absolutely. that as a characteristic of a larger right. – population they're not pointing because they're not pointing at the systemic issue right right. very individualized yes yeah extremely yeah Yeah. um okay wow we are so smart (laughs) are we academia are we we academics doing a podcast (laughs) (laughs) we are getting into the weeds let's talk about (laughs) suck on it kate herslin we are doing it no i'm just kidding (laughs) I love you, Kate. Come back. Come back. Uh, I'm JK. Okay. So, yes. So we talked about going to New York. She's been discovered. The agency wants both of them. Right. But they, the, like, the big stick in the, uh, like, or fly in the ointment or Mm -hmm. whatever is that he has to get rid of all of his dancers and replace them with white dancers. Yes. And also he's competing against Dick Clark. Dick Clark, which is (laughs) obviously, like, good fucking luck i mean brother <laughs> you're nothing you're no dick clark it is very funny that they're that they're just kind of like playing it off as like oh yeah you, that guy from philadelphia richard clark or something like that <laughs> yeah it's before he's big he's, yeah it's before he is dick clark uh-huh. and it's like it's very funny that they just kind of like keep acting like he's nobody yeah i, I liked that what i really liked uh about the that whole in the whole what you have to change the notes from yes. the producers yeah. right the yeah. executive notes are you need to get rid of the black dancers and replace them with white dancers we can replace you yeah you're not the only white person who plays black music anymore right you're replaceable right and i want everyone to remember that your job will replace you they 100%. don't care about you that is you don't have to care about them capitalism they will replace you or 
what's happening more and more these days is they won't replace you. They'll just make you do two jobs at the same time and pay you less. Yeah, exactly. They don't care about you. They um, do not and never will You're care. not the only white person who plays black people music. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and so then uh, Huey says... I'm going to get naked. He strips out of his suit. <laughs> he says strips Wikipedia. out of his suit. Yeah, he does. He fully like. On camera? Because they because the whole thing is like they want him to look nicer because he like wears like. Terrible clothes. Yeah, terrible clothing. That is the worst and looking thing I've ever so seen. So they're like, you have to wear a suit on air mm-hmm. when like the talent agent is here and they put it on. And then that's when he's like, we also want you to replace all your dancers. So in protest, mm. he strips on TV. Incredible. Yeah. Just want to. There's also, I wanted to point out, I, there's one thing that I really like about the stage adaptation um, that uh, during parts of it, like, mm-hmm. especially when they're like doing the TV show, they will actually like show the TV show in black and white. Oh, love and like, that. And like with the like film quality of the 50s. Yeah. It was really cool. Smart. I thought it was like a really like, good uh, directive choice. Yes. Setting you in really in yeah. the time period. Yeah. It was really cool. I just want to add to our Venn diagram of this creative team and the two musicals that we're discussing written by them that this also features a character who is required to up their fashion choices yes. as they uh, rise through the ranks of the Correct. world. <laughs> as they go up an echelon, they must uh, improve their wardrobe. Right. What happened to you? What happened in Bon Jovi that David <laughs> feels the need to exercise this? <laughs> Maybe Bon Jovi was like, your shoes are terrible and you need to change them. Bon Jovi was like, you have to have a perm also. A hundred percent. Or you can't be in Bon Jovi. We're not living on a prayer. <laughs> We're not doing that. Uh, okay. So he strips out of his suit. Uh, Felicia's like, I'm going to go uh even if you don't right and so then to try and convince her to stay he kisses her and this is a live feed or this is being taped it's live okay. um so i think <laughs> sorry i sneezed <laughs> i just didn't want to sneeze on mike <laughs> and i panicked <laughs> that was very funny uh our movements <sighs> for a second um but there's like this whole because it, it goes back again to like the he's protesting against the um, restrictions that the network wants to put on him. Mm-hmm. So he makes this decision that Felicia's going to sing. So mm-hmm. she goes on to sing. And during her song, he grabs her and kisses her on TV. And they cut the cameras immediately. And everyone's like. We have to go yeah. right now because there are going to be people coming here to firebomb this yes, studio. Yes, to kill us. To kill us. Yes. Right now. And there's like, and Huey is just standing there like, no, it's going to be fine, you guys. And everyone's like, no, we are leaving Run. right now. Run. Yeah. Leave. And even the, the like, the guy who was like the head of the radio station, mm-hmm. who's like now running the TV show as well, is like. They got to go. We have to get out of here. Yeah. Like the Von Trapps in the night. Exactly. Get the Abscond. hell out of here. Yeah, literally. And it, it, it's again goes back to that that idea that like Huey's just so blinded by his fame and mm-hmm. all the love that he's received that he's like, they're not going to attack the studio. Right. And Felicia's like, you do not understand what is happening. And she walks out on what him. What world are you living in, yeah, my guy? Exactly. Baffling to me it's also. insane. Uh, so she leaves him. Yeah. Whisked away. She and Del Rey go. Go to New York. Good. Yeah. They uh, fully leave. They, thank God. Yeah. Uh, and he gets fired on the spot. Yes. And 
he uh it, it we are then yeeted through time yet again <laughs> once again just no no indication or yeah and it's now like four or five years later could be who knows uh, who knows um and he is uh, once again a radio dj but he's like the least popular show on the radio mm. he literally says at one point like i like the ratings just came in and i only have one listener okay a bits call out <laughs> so to say know how that feels yeah um, wow the ratings came in and we have one mean review on itunes <laughs> <laughs> we're never gonna let that review go please give us nice reviews on itunes <laughs> um but uh felicia comes back because she's like performing yeah she's now a traveling artist and uh has a wildly successful career and there's this whole moment where she's like i'm engaged and i moved on with my life and he never did he like is still very much in love with her and it i really like that we see those consequences i think that that was a necessary lesson Mm -hmm. to make the show uh stronger and i don't know uh Again, I don't know how intentional. Yeah. Maybe intentional. I don't know. But I really enjoyed the, I enjoyed that ending. And I think it's an interesting look at does he love her or does he love her talent? Right. And is he, is he mourning the person that he lost or is he mourning the chance at right fame and at love from a larger mm-hmm. source than just one person? That's an interesting question. Because I think there is a way to look at this where, and for me, he was very selfish. Oh, yeah, extremely. I know he's doing this under the guise of, I love music and music's for everybody. And I could change the world if I just, but there is something very sort of sinister about that. Uh, very uh, selfish about oh, yeah. that I can change. I can change the world. Absolutely. Like I'm just going to explain it to people in a way they hadn't thought. Yeah. About. In the second act when they're ha- mm-hmm. when Felicia's having the whole moment of like, I am always black mm-hmm. um, and you can like walk around and interact with the culture and not have to worry about it. Um, She says like, don't look at me and tell me that just because you play this music means that you're some kind of hero. Yeah. What are you doing, man? Right. You're not doing any like, okay, I think that's the conflict for me in this is that I don't want to diminish. You have to have in history, there had to be people who stepped up and said, no, no, I'm going to do this. Right. They are not. (laughs) That's they're not Jesus for doing that. Right. Right. Like he he thinks so highly of himself. Again, it's that Obama era politic we're seeing of Mm -hmm. it's the dad from get out. Right. Yes. I voted for Obama. How could I be racist? Exactly. Like it's very that just, I listen to black people music. I get being black. Right. Like, no, no, you don't. You're Uh, just doing the morally correct thing. Right. You're, what you're doing is neutral at best. Like in all other things being equal, which obviously they're not. Right. Like you're not moving the needle. Especially in this time period when there are people who actually are moving the needle. Right. And you're. And like, yes, you're doing something that is monumental. Sure. But you're not. But what is that leading, contributing to right. outside of. It's just it's just an interesting thing that he thinks of himself yeah. so, so highly. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And there's no denying that he is doing something good. Like, I think even Felicia is acknowledging that. I think there's lots of conversations between them where she's like, I'm trusting you to help me and to not fuck me over and to 
you know, deliver on the things you say you can deliver on. Right. And then when he does deliver on them, he, she's like, okay, all right, cool. Thank you. I'm very appreciative of that. Right. And he's like, I'm a living God for <laughs> doing this for you. You're welcome. Right. You should be eternally grateful to me. Yeah. Um, and I think that is played out in his desperate bids to keep her in yes. Memphis. And I also don't love the, him realizing he could never leave Memphis cause he loves it too. Like the yeah. Memphis lives in me thing oh, yeah. where man, just say you just say you didn't want to try harder than what you were trying right. to do. Like the thing is you can't change the system cause you're just one person. So I could say, you know, don't get yourself fired and strip out of your suit on air. Mm-hmm. Like, stay and work and give people guests, spot, you know, give black people spots on your show that right. help, you know, amplify them and then slowly work up to have, you know, right. What's the, di- you have your principles and then you're fired. It's a show in Memphis. Who cares? We're not moving the needle. Like I'm getting lost in the circles of discourse in my own head before <laughs> I'm even getting the comment out. Like I talked to Connor about this off mic, but I just now have social media brain where there's just constantly a comment section in my head oh, yeah. where I'm fighting with fake viewpoint. Like I'm yeah. doing this insane devil's advocate thing with myself. It's making me an insane person. I can feel it <laughs> happening like, Oh, well n- no. Cause then, uh, then there's this and then there's right. Well, no, because you can't do it that like, I just feel bananas and the show trying to dissect this show is making me do that. So Mitch I cut you. all of that. Uh, but I, I think Huey is so interesting and I just don't know how much of him is intentional. I know that's the problem. Yeah. It's hard to say. I think, I want it. I want to attribute more to it, but I did also watch Diana and I'm like, I just don't know that it's that deep. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I just don't know that it is that deep. And especially in like going back to, again, it was released in the Obama era and we are looking at the show with a 2022 lens mm-hmm. where we have now had these conversations. We're a decade out, baby. We extremely that we're, we're a decade out. We've had these conversations. We, at least you and I are aware of the larger lenses mm-hmm. at hand. And it's like, yeah, when you look back at it, with those, like, I feel like I'm fucking, like... A, I know. Like, I feel insufferable <laughs> talking like this. I really do. I, I hate this feel, so much. I feel icky because I can tell that in 10 years we're going to listen to this and yeah. we're going to go, oh, we were such... So smart. stupid. We were the Hueys. Yeah, we were the Hueys. <laughs> um, but no, but I get what you... I, what I'm saying is, like, we have different information now. 100%. And a different lens to it, for A sure. different lens, yeah. yeah. And when we look back at it, it's mm-hmm. hard to say was this intentional? Yeah. Because they're doing a really interesting thing. They are. But it's interesting now. Yes. Because we have the information. And what threads were they intentionally pulling on? Exactly. And what threads were they like, wow, this feels powerful. Right. Without understanding the context of it. Yeah. Sort of. Uh, Okay. Let's. It's hard to say. David Bryan, give us a call. (laughs) (laughs) Would you please? (laughs) Uh, we have many questions. Text me first because I don't answer unknown numbers. Correct. Uh, <laughs> so she comes back. Felicia comes back. She says she's engaged, but she wants him. Yeah, to be at the concert because she's concert like be on stage. With she, her she's essentially time. like, "You're the reason." Fondly of him. Yeah, she's like, "You're the reason why I'm famous yeah. because you're you did play me for the first time. Absolutely. And you got me on the radio. Yeah. You got me 
you got me started. Right. I got myself the rest of the way there. You almost got me killed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but you did get it started. And he's like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to be on stage. Right. No one's going to remember me. That'll make me feel bad. And to that, I say, yeah, I do feel that. Yeah. I do feel that with you. Huh. Yeah. What if they don't remember who I am? That would be devastating. For <laughs> sure. There's a reason why we have a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, but then he changes his mind and halfway through. Yeah. Comes on stage with her and everyone's like, hey, how did they remember him? He was on the radio. <laughs> That's but he was also on fair, TV. If I went to a concert yeah. and someone was like, and here's the lady who played my first record, it's Delilah. And she was like, Hi. I would lose my mind. I would yeah. lose my mind. That's oh my god, true. that's Delilah. If I said Delilah IRL, I wouldn't know her. But no, then if she not. was like, I'm Delilah. I'm Delilah. Full tears. Yeah. Weep. I would weep. Yeah. It's like it's like yeah. Delilah's my Huey. <laughs> Delilah is your Huey. Yeah, and she was a pioneer in soft rock. <laughs> Soft rock radio. Uh, tweet at us. Who is your Huey? <laughs> Who's your radio DJ hero? We all have one. Listen. <laughs> Was it Casey Kasem? Maybe. Good for you. I. That's an old demo. That's that's oh an God. interesting demo we've got listening to this pod. <laughs> but I I want to know. We need to. The inquiring minds want to know. If you're a tween uh, or teen, I guess, and you listen. To the radio? Who are the big DJs now? I would love to know. Well, I guess it's regional, isn't it? It's all because like we have yeah, people guess. in Chicago that you probably never heard of. Eric and Kathy. Do you know Eric and Kathy? I don't no? think I do know Eric yeah. and Kathy. They were like big in like morning DJ. Okay. But in not Chicago. syndicated. Just in Chicago. Just in Chicago. Because Del- we know Delilah because Delilah Cause, was nationally yeah, she's syndicated. National. Yeah. yeah. And Casey Kasem, nationally syndicated. Right. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And do you remember, um, oh, who's the guy who gives terrible advice? John. Joe Rogan. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Delete that. Delete. John. We were literally talking about blocking his name on Twitter and here John. I am spouting I'm it saying off. saying it when I can't block it. <laughs> I wanted to say, I almost said John Bon Jovi, but that's <laughs> not right. Uh, hmm, I don't know. I'll think of it. He also had a nationally syndicated radio right. program. But there like there are national radio programs. Probably not but, anymore. I mean, yeah, there no I feel like there are few and far between. Yeah. Most of the time it's only in the car if you're lucky. But I feel yeah, like Yeah, and who doesn't have like yeah, Pandora or Spotify or whatever. Uh anyway, everyone remembers him and he screams Hockadoo. Hockadoo, and that's the end of the show. And curtain closes. Um, I have to hock-a-doo. imagine that they were like H-O-C-K-D-O-O period lights down. Yep. And they're, they shook hands. They're like, we did it. <laughs> we wrote a show. We did it. <laughs> and then they gave him Tony Awards. Bananas. <laughs> we shouldn't reward this behavior. Mu- <laughs> in my I, opinion. In, it, it is the firm stance of this podcast that musicals should not be rewarded. Should not be re or awarded. <laughs> As punishment. Yeah. They should all be nominated and they should never, never win. win. <laughs> the winners are we, no one. We simply <laughs> cannot <laughs> encourage theater kids. The only way to stop it is from the top. Cut off the head of yeah, the snake. Exactly. It's a systemic issue. <laughs> Again, going back to. The Tonys are a systemic issue. And I've said that for years, actually. Extre- yeah, extremely. I actually wrote a, a thesis about it. <laughs> Connor. Any other 
that's on act two? No. Did we miss anything? No. Okay, let's just jump to man in chair. Yeah. Uh, Connor, man in chair this. Um, okay, so I actually really did like this. <laughs> Um, so the only re- I'm going to say this. The okay. only reason I enjoyed the show as much as I did was because mm-hmm. we watched I watched it after I watched Diana yeah. and Diana set the bar in hell yeah. and literally anything was going to be better than that. Fresh drink of water. So um, but like I the music is fun. I think. Yeah. They did some like I like oh yeah the music is great um I think they did some unintentionally really interesting things Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. maybe intentionally we just don't have the science until David calls me back we won't know (laughs) we are waiting for your call with bated breath um but yeah um I don't hate it and I can understand why it won the best musical um for sure and what was it up against I'll look while you continue to give me your thoughts but no I yeah I think that um overall. Uh, if you're going to watch the show, mm-hmm. get it on Broadway HD mm-hmm. uh, because, again, you're going to miss a lot with the story uh, yeah, um, you are. with you the are. OBC. So, yeah, if you've never seen it, do recommend yeah. watching. But yeah, like uh, like the music is good. I really liked the set design and like we were talking about. Um, and yeah, uh, Meryl, man and chair. Did you find out what the what it was up against? Mm-hmm. I can't remember anything about that season. Uh, Fela had a lot. Hmm. Uh, Lacajo Fall got oh. also yep. classic, classic Camille. Uh, wasn't that Lacash? Wasn't uh-huh. Kelsey Grammer and Lacash? Isn't that when they yeah. divorced? Yes, right? yes. <gasps> this oh is the Tony Awards where Camille Grammer got divorced in a limo. Holy shit! <laughs> we are literally we are, we are in it. Coming it's all coming full circle. It's all happening. That's why the housewives were top of mind. We didn't know, but we, we knew. didn't know, but we knew. We didn't know. What we Holy knew. shit! <laughs> oh my god! Also, American Idiot. Also, a little night music. Oh, that was the the revival uh, with yeah. Bernadette mm-hmm. or not Bern, um, Catherine Zeta Jones. Bernadette was in it, but she yes. wasn't the original. Million Dollar Quartet is what I thought. That's Memphis the one. Was, is yes. what I thought I had seen, and that's Elvis Presley, Jerry Lee Lewis, Carl Perkins, Johnny Cash. Yes, that's the story about yeah. them. Okay, sorry, that is from an off mic conversation, and you all didn't hear it, <laughs> and that's okay because Connor and I are figuring things out on Wikipedia. <laughs> We are Googling as we speak. Yes, as we speak. Okay, so uh, Meryl Man and Chair. Watch the Broadway HD. Yeah. And tell me if you think it's intentional <laughs> or not. I truly only want people to watch this so that I can, we can have a conversation about what we think is, is, is intentional. Right. Not, the music was fine. Here's what I'll say about uh, the, how I felt about the OBC on Spotify. Yeah. I felt like the mix was really bad. Okay. It felt very noisy and mm. like I couldn't hear <clears throat> I couldn't hear the voices. Yeah. And I know now from watching the HD that the voices are incredible. Oh my god. So, so much there's talent. no reason that the music should be overpowering that. That's right. just not a good Was it because I was on a plane and my ears were popping? Maybe. Maybe. But I listened to Diana and didn't have any problems so hearing. <laughs> Uh, but also, like you said, it's big band, so it does yeah. does hit the ear a little bit differently. All that to say, I would, I wish I had just watched, mm. watched first and then listened to the music versus yeah. listening to the music and then watching I on this one. Yeah, but I liked it. Lots of nitpicky things. Yeah, but of the two, mm-hmm. that's how I'm going to compare this. I did like, prefer yeah. this. Yes, 
for a musical. I prefer Diana for entertainment. <laughs> but this for like art, I guess. Right. I feel you. I wouldn't. I don't think I'd recommend it, though. I really don't. I don't think I would be like, yeah. you know what you've got to spend two hours and ten minutes watching? Right. Memphis. I feel you. Uh, but if it's touring. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Go see it. It can be fun. Support theater. Yeah. Idiots. <laughs> don't encourage theater, yeah. but support it. But support it. <laughs> And that's all we've ever asked. Exactly. Don't applaud, but do go. But do go. <laughs> like the the, the arts yeah. need money. Yeah. And the arts are so important. Just be a monthly patron. Yeah. Of our Patreon. <laughs> Trick. Gotcha. Uh, Connor, anything to plug? No, as usual, you can find me across all platforms at CRLA12 over on TikTok, Instagram, or Twitter. You can find any funny thing I am working on over there. Meryl, how about you? Uh, I usually see nothing for me, but I guess you can follow me. I am also on all those same platforms at Meryl K. And, but you can follow this podcast, which is much more important at Bits Over B Way across all platforms, except for TikTok. As you know, we have sworn. Never be on TikTok. We will never be camera ready. <laughs> we are voices made for radio. I cannot stress this enough. The majority of the time I am recording these podcasts, I am hungover. <laughs> <laughs> I look bad. Uh, you can find this podcast at Bits Over B Way across all platforms. We are wherever you get podcasts Stitcher, Apple Play, or sorry, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. Yes, we have not pulled our listings from spotify but we are in talks with spotify to remove our music if they do not fulfill our demands which are that they give us money right uh that i don't have to pay for my unlimited listening no ads thank you family plan that's my request yes from them please and if they do not adhere to that we will be pulling our podcast from spotify So watch this space for more. Watch this space. <laughs> uh, that is all. I forgot the rest of my plugs and it doesn't matter because uh, you're already listening to this. Oh, tell your friends about us. Rate, yeah, and review. rate and review. Please leave us a review so that we don't feel bad about our one bad review. <laughs> you can subscribe to our Patreon, Bits Over B-Way or Patreon.com slash Bits Over B-Way. We don't have any paywalled content there. But yet. you can listen. Yeah, yet. But again, watch this space. Watch this space. Uh, okay, that's it. Bye. Bye. Nah, nah, nah. It's. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs>